going live. The theme for today is talking about your business plan, talking about numbers, talking about targets. And I'm going to share some of mine with your movement, which may help to clarify some of what you might look to uh, aim for, uh, or yeah, at least put your goals into some sort of perspective, some framework. I'm going to do a share screen as well as we go through this uh, to, to give you a bit of a look at how I've been mapping this stuff out. Um, I'm also going to discuss uh, sort of the ideas of uh, courage versus conformity and um, having the courage to lead, having the courage to follow. Uh, I think these are kind of key themes at, at the moment. I may also touch a little bit on uh, the Mass Gain Project and, and Muscle Club. So first up, thinking about numbers, thinking about goals, thinking about impact. Um, I've been rolling around the idea of like, what if we had a million clients between us? We're up to like a million social media followers. And it sort of had me thinking about like numbers and reach and, and where we can go to with this. And I think for me, like I've sort of thought about the, you know, getting to a thousand coaches within the community and, you know, towards 10,000 over the next couple of years. And that excites me, but it's sort of not really income uh, outcome based. So I think a better target is for us to have a million members between us um, or between all the people, all the coaches within Real Movement that are working with everyday Joes, uh, with athletes or even with coaches. But if collectively as a community of, of people, if we're working and it doesn't have to be strength and conditioning, you know, we have people who want to work with, you know, men's, um, you know, men's health, women's health, mental health, um, anything where you're leading is great. And whether it's kids, whether it's adults, whether it's old people, I'd love to have an elderly type targeted program. I think, you know, I haven't actually ever heard of anyone targeting proper elderly, like 60 plus, um, 70 plus, you know, not that that's really that old. Like you can have super high function at that age, but it tends not to happen. Regardless of the niche, regardless of exactly who we focus on, what if we had a million people that we were working with directly? I think at that point we, we would be having an impact on the world and we would be sharing great things and great ideas. So that has come into focus as a, as a target to, to work towards. By my reckoning and my maths, and I may be able to do a share screen around this, looking at uh, around about 23,000 members within Real Movement to get to that. And I'll, t and I'll show you roughly what I'm thinking here because – it does include some coaches getting to that's not the one. Some coaches getting to ten thousand members, and includes a lot of coaches getting to ten members. Right. So the reality is there are going to be people who go hard, who change the world, uh, who shake it up, and there are going to be those that go a little bit slower, and that's okay. And to get from being a ten member coach to being a ten thousand member coach, you first have to have ten members. Like it is what it is. Don't compare your day one to someone else's day 1000. I've been going super hard at this stuff. I've been blogging and that sort of thing since 2007. Some people in this community were, you know, still in nappies just about in, in 2007. So, you know, it is what it is, but these are the numbers. So we want to have, we want to find 10 coaches that want to get to 10,000 members and support them to do that. It's pretty clear that Ben Patrick is going to be one of those. Uh, I don't know who the other ones are going to be just yet. I have asked a few times who wants to go big on numbers. Uh, 250 coaches that go to 1,000 members. Like that's a, that's a big call. That's a big ask. But I think that if, we, if we're focused, I'm going to map out exactly how we can get that done. Uh, I think that's something that can happen over the next little while. So 
2,000 coaches that have 100 members, 6,000 that have 50, and 15,000 that have 10 would put us at a million members and uh, 23,260 uh, coaches in the, in the community. Now, why these numbers? Why this split? Why this spread? It's arbitrary, but you need to set yourself arbitrary targets. So I, I feel as though once you have those targets in your brain, like, does that clarity mean something to you whether you're watching this live or you listen to it later? Like, can you, does it give you a bit more of a mental picture of what we're working towards, you know, what's going to work, what we would need to do, how the systems are going to have to evolve? Like, automatically you have those questions of how can you make that happen? And I think once you have those questions in your life, then it's a good thing. You can ask yourself the question, you know, what would make, what would give me the happiest existence? You know, what would bring the most bliss into my days? That's a question. And then you start to solve that. And then, you know, one thing to another, this is purpose. This is mission. Uh, I've been talking, Paul is on here live uh, about mission. You know, what's coming to your mind as you listen to this, does this give you potentially some clarity of, yeah, well, I want to fit in here as one of the 250, one of the 2000, one of the 6,000. There's a bit of a, you know, an identity thing within that as well of like, what are you actually aiming for? If I can be as ambitious as to aim for 23,260 coaches within real movement and 1 million total reach, does that give you a little bit more courage, uh, a little bit more permission to, to go a little bit further with yours? I have also mapped it out for those who don't want to deal with scale because I know not everyone wants to deal with scale and, and that's okay as well. So I'll show you, I'll just show you a couple of the, the numbers systems that I've got here. So to get in the game, you need 25 members. That's our, our kind of minimum. And I've mapped it out against $100 a month, so $25 a week, which is super low um, but price point. But something like this could be what's, what, what you want to do to scale. It could be 50 bucks a week. Like, and then that spits out also your monthly income uh, for that. So based on your 25 members, which is kind of your starting point, if you're going to be a reach coach, then 25 is kind of your starting point. And then the goal is to add another 50%. So for every two members that you have, they recommend one other person each session. So based on custom satisfaction and asking those people for, for referrals and also doing your own marketing, uh, we want to get 50% growth. Obviously, there's going to be some churn as well. There'll be people that say, yeah, that was enough. They, they do one year with you, but they don't, they're not ready for the second. Your product starts to change as well. As you start to have more members, you'll have more team members. Things will change. It'll get better, but not everybody will be on board with that with that better as it evolves. And so basically, if in season one, you can get to that 25 and you can continue to add 50%, then by the end of year four, you're at 7,298 members. All right, so this is the power of compound interest. This is the power of compounding. But all you need to do in the first year is get to 84. And then at the end of season you know, five, you're going to be at 120, 20, 125 members. If you can get to 125 members in, in you know, a year and a, a quarter, then you can probably get to nearly 500 at the end of the, the second year, right? Real movement's basically, you know, we'd probably say we're 12 months into this, this, this pattern, um, but maybe six, and, and we're around this this you know this 500 so whether we're in season two or season four it's kind of debatable we change our offering and things a little bit um but we're at around that 500 so some people will grow faster than that and i obviously had you know 10 15 years of groundwork before launching again with with this style product but i do believe these are really doable and but i will show you also 
the uh, rather than big reach, I want to go. Um, what about if you just want to go for depth? What if you're like, no, nah, I just want to work with. Um, I only want to work with a few people. I'll give you exactly the same, uh, well, not quite exactly, but I'll give you, yeah, I think it is exactly the same. So based on $100 a month, if we give you that $1,000 a month model, so if you wanted to go super deep with people, you wanted to be more business coaching, or you wanted just to be super one-on-one, um, custom plans targeting people that have wealth, uh, $1,000 a month. The first season goal is to have one member. Second season, you want two. Third season, you're still only on two because it's a fraction. Three. Eventually, you get to 292 members after four years on a super premium package. So obviously, you'll need staff and you'll need to groom people and, and build a team around this. Um, but this is basically, it ends up with a similar sort of revenue model. Okay, so you, that's a third of the income. So maybe we need, yeah. So if we started with two being our goal, you see the power of compounding interest. This is why... You can't just leave your money in the bank or you're getting getting screwed. So you need to have compounding interest working for you, not against you. So that's based on a model of three three members in your first month and then 50% growth, you end up at $875,000 a month. Now, most of us can't conceive of that, but it is literally only finding 50% growth, which is one in two members refer someone else and or, you, you know, your marketing improves. What could you do in four years if you're really focused on it? Most people massively overestimate what they're going to get done in one, one season, okay? So a lot of people talk about doubling, tripling their growth from season to season. You don't need to do that. You only need 50% growth, but to be consistent, right? So you're getting to 10 members in your first year, 50 in your second, 170 in your third. But you've been at it for three years. You're only, you're only dealing with 170 people. You need two or three good staff, um, and at that point, you know, you, you're, you're making 170K a month, right, on that model, okay? So it is really doable. And whether you're motivated by, you know, serving humanity, saving humanity, uh, helping people see the brighter side of themselves, motivated by money, whether you want to buy, you know, you want to buy an orphanage, you want to have a, a bunch of farms set up around the world, you know, which is sort of my dream, uh, or educational centers, farms, where people can go, if shit does hit the fan in the world, you know, having a place where lots of people could go and there's, you know, herds of animals that uh, can support our life, uh, life quality, you know, that's really what I'm after. So how many members do you have at the moment? Guys who are on the call, you can punch in the chat box and I can literally put in that as your season one. If we're going to start again now, how many members do you have right now? And I can, uh, I can plug in your numbers. I know it takes a second for that to come across. Find the chat box. So how many members do you have right now? Uh, Ron's on here. Ron's probably got around about 25 members, I would say, within Real Movement that are here for him, that are all about coaching. Could be wrong, could be 50, but let's just say you had 25 on that $100 a month type deal. That's that's where you'd be, if you were able to double for that period, you'd be hitting the you know, 25 was the example before. So it's the same. Um, hopefully that makes it clear, guys. And I'm, I'm trying to give both myself and, and the community 
more clarity around numbers. I'd love to know what yours are there, Stevie, if you want to offer it. Uh, Mitch, I know you just get started again. But you can see, like, even if, even if we're talking about six and you just go nine and you go 14 and you go 20, like, it's super achievable to do this. And you go from 20 to 30, 30 to 46. Like, this is super slow growth for the first couple of years. But if you can just be consistent and keep getting amazing results, then you're on track for something. Now, you, you know, there will be challenges in scaling this, but life is about solving those challenges, right? So, uh, yeah, that's the first part that I wanted to show you uh, in today's, uh, today's podcast, today's education, today's whatever we are doing right now. Um, I'm going to stop share. So that, that was kind of a breakthrough for me and giving me clarity about what I'm here to achieve uh, in terms of numbers. Whether you're thinking impact or income, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing, right? So if I offer that service for free, there, there'll be no impact. Like there has to be a buy-in on the other side and there have to be goals on the other side. If I can help other people to achieve what they're wanting to achieve, then I'll achieve what I want to achieve. Like, and that's the same for you guys. If you're getting those amazing results, that's why we're so focused on education. That's why we're focused on you being a product and product. And that's, you know, that opens new doors for the future, right? So that's a clear financial um, plan. I like also wealth doubling as a model. So what is your net worth right now? And then set the target of doubling that. So some people will be like, yeah, I don't really own anything. I've got like about you know, 500 bucks or 6,000 bucks worth of stuff if I sell my car and my clothes and whatever. So what would it take to get to 12? Breaking it down into those little pieces makes it solvable and it makes it a game, it makes it a puzzle. And that makes it fun. All right, so the next thing is the courage to, to lead and the courage uh, to follow, right? So it takes a lot of courage to be a good student. This is something that I've battled with quite a bit um, to sort of say, yeah, I'm going to be a student to this person. I'm going to you know, learn their, what, they're, what they're about. I'm going to apply myself fully to these systems. I've got better at it as I've got older. I think when I was younger, I would not buy in as deeply as I could. I would study it. I would look at it, but I wouldn't actually do it. And by not doing it, you know, I held myself back from a lot of results. I used to read a lot of good articles and things and I just didn't do them. Sometimes it was because my health wasn't really good enough to handle the training protocols or the diets and things like that. But um, it does take a lot of courage to do that. The other side then is the courage, you know, the courage to lead doing something that, other people aren't doing this is a huge challenge for us in the modern world there are a lot of there's a lot of pressure to conform if you're not saying what everyone else is saying then there's a very strong pressure to not say anything um so this is the thing with not saying anything is or you know the thing with just conforming and saying what everyone else is saying is that there's no real opportunity in that. You're not going to change the world with that. You're not going to open up, you know, new income. You're not going to open up new impact because you're just saying what everyone else is saying. And that is sort of how the traditional education system is set up. It's, it's set up for you to regurgitate and you come out and you do what everyone else does. And there's no innovation in that. Like every innovation that's come in the field of medicine, in the field of strength and conditioning, it comes from someone doing something different, having the courage to do something different, and then, you know, applying that, um, that becomes then the new norm. Like it's like well, one doctor decided to wash his hands in between, you know, birthing ch children. And then, you know, that, that became 
the new norm. So there wasn't you know, putrefied waste, etc. But he was massively criticised by his colleagues for doing that initially, um, and so and so on and so forth. Like it's only through the courage to do something different and to break away from the norms that great things happen. So you know, people are going to need to do that within real movement. They're going to need to say, like, no, nah, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it this way and share that. And I'm, you know, fighting, you know, I'm st- striving to have the courage to accept that and to, to, to bring other voices forward. And that is now available more than ever within real movement. So the challenge for you as members and the challenge for those, you know, listening on is to take that opportunity to speak your truth more, um, and in, within real movement is a safe environment for you to do that. Like share, share what you're up to, share what you're about. And it doesn't have to be that you want to follow exactly what I'm doing. There isn't one way to do things. If you listen to Rawdon's talk a couple of days ago, the functional, um, well, not functional, but just bodybuilding, high level professional bodybuilding, um, where it's win at all costs basically. And it's, you know, 12 week preparations, etc. That's not my world, but that doesn't mean I can't learn from someone like that. And, and we did get to some good points where it's like, yeah, well, this may, this is probably what is going to work for these 12 weeks. Would I recommend this for a lifetime? No, that's never the question, right? So he's answering a different question. Therefore, he, you know, he finds different answers you know, to that. Doesn't mean we can't converse. Doesn't mean we have to, you know, confront each other or, you know, become um, antagonistic. There is something to learn uh, from anyone who's getting great results and, and he's definitely getting great results. And there is, you know, there were a lot of really interesting points that came out within that. So at the moment, there is this huge pressure to conform. If you don't say what everyone else is saying, then you're wrong. You know, in a YouTube sense, like you're not allowed to, to actually put that up or, you know, it's not going to be, it's going to be demonetized, etc. There is a threat. There is a fear. And it seems as though, you know, Trump is pushing back against that, saying, hey, you don't actually have that power. People are using these platforms because they see them as places to be free in their expression, whether it's Twitter, YouTube, etc. Those who have non-conformist opinions are being taken from those platforms. But that's the only way that we actually advance is for people to put forward non-conformist ideas. So whenever you're standing with the majority, it's time to analyze your position. I think is a quote from uh, maybe Mark Twain. It's, it's just a, it's a dangerous place to be. And that's something I heard, you know, maybe my early 20s and it, it does constantly run through my head. Like if you're standing with the majority, it's time to analyze your position. So the majority view of how to, you know, eat for optimal body composition right now is to count your calories, look at your macros. Our ancestors never did that. They couldn't because there were, there were no calorie calculators and they didn't know how many calories were in any food. Neither does any other species on the planet. So despite that being the dominant paradigm at the moment, it's also ridiculous unless it's in that context of 12 weeks, get on stage, win the trophy, go back to life after that and hope you, you're okay. Some people will be able to do it for 10, 20, 30, 50 years, maybe not 50, but some people will be able to do it ongoing, no issues. Other people, it, it'll cause issues straight away. And, and Rodham was clear about saying that, like some people are going to break down very quickly with this sort of thing. It's just probably not for them. Okay, so different different takes. Courage versus conformity. If you're standing with the majority, it's time to analyze your position. This is the opposite of the view that's being pushed through high school, through media, and through mass media and schooling system. It's all about conformity and regurgitation. I'm challenging you that that is the opposite of, of what you want to do. 
Okay, so that is why I'm encouraging you to have a voice. I'm encouraging you to have a voice on social media, you know, speak your truth, share your message, just get it out there. I'm encouraging you to have a voice within Real Movement. Okay, so if you were courageous, what would you do? What would you change in your life? If you weren't scared, what message would you put out there? And you see a few of our members are strong and courageous with that. You can see, Ben Patrick, there's a lot of courage in what he does. Jordan Potts posts with a lot of courage. I don't agree with everything every, you know, they will say, but I can see there's courage there. How could you be a little bit more courageous with your message? I think you would, no, you would see, you would notice that within Real Movement, with myself, like there's some courage in a strength and conditioning coach who's worked with NRL players and less pushing juggling, pushing handstands or offering them, you know, making them a core part of the system. This is, you know, before Ido Portal was half as big as he is, I was already doing uh, this stuff before he worked with Conor McGregor. He was already part of the real movement system. It's gradually becoming more accepted. There are a lot more coaches who are falling into, you know, into line with this in a way. There's, there's some conformity going on. Um, and it's, you know, but it's opening a new normal, right? Like that's how you open up a new normal. It has become a new normal now to be a bit more broad in your approach. CrossFit opened up a, a whole new normal around, you know, training every day and, and training barbell as well as gymnastics, as well as conditioning. It wasn't done before that. It wasn't okay. It wasn't okay to snatch and clean before CrossFit. So th they opened that up to the world. It was literally discouraged when I was at university. Like unless you're going to be coached by a professional and you're going to go all in on this, they just don't learn to snatch and don't learn to clean and jerk. And that was, you know, that was the advice that I was given. I was fortunate enough to, to work with a strength and conditioning coach who used it within his system at Parramatta Eels and I started to use it. And it's always been a part of you know, what I've done as a coach after that. And I've been massively criticized for it, you know, for using weightlifting within strength and conditioning programs, being massively criticized for keto, for carnivore, uh, for handstands, for juggling, uh, for prove it. Probably going to be, you know, there's, there's going to be more. There's going to be more. And, and that's okay. Like it hasn't always been okay with me. It, sometimes it does, you know, bother me when, when I receive criticism or people, you know, mock or whatever. It's not always the easiest thing, but what, where would I be without it? You know, where would I be without standing up for, for what I believe in and for having a non-conformist approach to nutrition? If I was still trying to eat cereals and live on wheat and, and sugar, carbs, like I could be dead by now. I, you know, don't write that off as a possibility. My mental health was not good when I was, you know, following that sort of diet. My digestive system wasn't good. So by you having courage to stand up for what you believe in, stand apart and put yourself out there, you give opportunity to, for others to do that, whether that's with the same thing or with the opposite point of view. It doesn't mean, like, you still want to have tolerance and ears for, for the other points of view, like listening to Rodden. There's a lot of things there that, that don't match up with what I want to do, but you have to consider his, his version of reality, his goals, who he's working with versus my objectives, right? So when you look back at, or what are the experiences of this person? You have to zoom out. Like every person who you admire and who you, you enjoy the content of, like zoom out and think, well, what is the experience of this person and where are they going? And when you work that out, when you look at that, you go, oh, that makes sense why they're saying all this stuff because the reality for them is they've been, you know, they've been using steroids, they've been, they're around a whole bunch of other people who are doing that or, 
they're in a professional sporting environment and these are the limitations that they're set. So that's why they do things in this way, right? So zoom out and look at the context of other people before, you know, you, you, you sort of want to enter into conflict with them. Um, that's something I'm still working on as well. To not, uh, to be able to listen to the opposing points of view and to understand that. And I think I do a quite a good job of looking at devil's advocate. Like what are all the arguments against this? Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of value in that as well. Mm, so, so far we've, we've looked at those numbers, like mapping out your business numbers, courage versus conformity. Last one that we want to talk about today is the muscle club. So muscle club has kicked off. Uh, it came about relatively organically. I was, uh, been thinking about it for quite a while. Like people, some people actually said, like, I have to un, subscribe to real movement because I'm actually trying to gain weight at the moment. So, so much has the, the uh, message been about, you know, getting lean and, and being shredded and et cetera, that some people who feel like they need to add mass have felt like they're not welcome. Um, that's probably the opposite of my journey. Like I tried to add mass for 20 years, you know, I, I did add some, it's probably since I was about 16, I'm 37 now. So 21 years of being wanting to be heavier there have been very few times within that that I haven't really wanted to be heavier. Um, and some of those times are actually pretty recent where I was like, yeah, I don't care about that at the moment. Um, probably, yeah, within the last 12 months, you know, last couple of years, probably been a few times where I was like, yeah, I don't really mind if I'm heavier or not. Every other time it's been if I'm heavier on the scales, like that's that's a positive thing. I've wanted to be heavier. I made a Facebook post a bit about my, my history with that sort of stuff. Yesterday, Muscle Club is, is, you know, has been much more of my priority in life than uh, fat to free. I actually didn't really want to do fat loss stuff because it just seems so easy and simple. If, if you just, you know, follow some basic, basic principles, then you never have to deal with that. Um, but fat to free gives people an opportunity to make a rapid change and change their self-image and see, oh, well, actually I can change. And sure, you can do slow and steady. And everyone, you know, the majority say slow and steady. And the courage is in the, uh, the ability to, to not conform, right? So um, Jason Fong's like, just fucking stop eating until you're not fat anymore and you don't have diabetes anymore. And that's a doctor. It's a diabetes doctor, a nephrologist, kidney doctor saying, you know, fast until you don't need to fast anymore. And the fat to free is another version, I guess, of that where you get a rapid change or you get to ideal body composition. You know, for me, getting down to those six and a half and seven percent body fat scores that was only really possible on the back of uh, that kind of approach. Um, so it's good to have those, those tools and for sure you can go slow and steady and that's, that's fine too, but that's not what uh, people generally come to, to me for. There's plenty of other people out there with the, you know, just eat a fist sized portion of protein and a fist sized portion of this and that. And to me, I, I don't see results coming from those kind of approaches uh, very often because it's just too much moderation everything in moderation especially moderation when you have that kind of really moderate approach tend not to make a strong decision and therefore you don't get a strong result so muscle club i had my two best scores ever last week and i've beaten that again this week but um 83 kilos seven percent body fat at the start of the week and that's the heaviest i've been with being that lean and then 87 kilos uh, at the end of the week, 9% on the sculpt, 
is the highest muscle number I've had since like 97 muscle number. To be honest, I never thought I would get above 95 muscle number. And now it's kind of within reach potentially to have 100 muscle number under 10%, um, which, yeah, like that's basically like what the old-time bodybuilders were in the pre-steroids times. Like they, they literally competed at that sort of – those sort of numbers. Um, probably still another few percentage of body fat to, to drop. You know, probably need to be like, you know, 6 7% at 100 muscle number to really say you're – on, on par with those guys, but pretty, you know, that's, that's a pretty high standard. And to be honest, I just never thought I'd get anywhere close to that. There's no one really muscular. Um, we don't have a, a history of kind of muscular people in our family. I think Rowan, my brothers on the call would, would agree with that as well. Um, it's just cool to be in a different place, right? So why I share that is just because it, I, I hope that it gives you some, some courage to follow, you know, what you want to achieve. Uh, I was a skinny kid, 65 kilos when I finished high school. I worked really hard to get to 75 kilos at the end of uni. I worked really hard to get to 80 kilos um, after that. And, and I, I put on a bit of chub in the process of getting to 80 kilos. Like it was difficult for me to get up to 80 kilos. I couldn't get to 80 kilos lean, right? So um, wherever you're at, you know, you can improve, you know, you can improve your build. And um, even if your muscle numbers in the 70s or the low 80s, uh, there's, you know, it definitely can improve. So the muscle number is height adjusted fat free mass index times by four. The times by four just gives it a little bit more sensitivity and it makes a hundred. Um, it's kind of like the natty number. So it's kind of natural muscular potential to be lean and a hundred is like normal, you know, average or yeah, like an average maximal muscle sort of potential. It's, it's uncommon to get to that point. So that's it gives us some framework and every you know every number that you gain you're you know you're working towards that natural muscular potential i do know guys that are at 110 who i think are natural um, who are 110 and lean you know seven eight nine percent that's good that's probably not going to be most of us that's you know shooting above uh, what is, is is normally naturally possible but i'm not putting a limit on you get to as, as far as you as you can as you want within muscle club the protocols are there to put on weight very quickly. Sometimes people just need to add mass, right? So there was a player at the Roosters. He was 104 kilos. He was told he needs to be 110 kilos, but he's not going to play under 108 kilos. And we had a conversation. We went through exactly what to eat, which foods, you know, how much, um, how much to focus on. And there are very loose guidelines, but, like, go hard with this. And within six weeks, we got to 108 kilos. He played. played a number of games for the rest of the year. played internationals at the end of the season. And... You know, he'd solved that that riddle, that challenge. He had abs at 104. He still had abs at 108. Not quite as much, but sometimes that's the thing. So just adding mass and just getting to where you need to get to, sometimes that's a priority. If you're more focused on powerlifting, on footy, on strongman competition, you know, getting up to the maximal weight of your weight class, etc., then just just get it done. And there's protocols in there to, to just get it done. And then you know you can go about it a bit more slowly. So I've been 87, 88 the last couple of times in the gym, I don't really want to um, go that much further. I'd rather try to stay around here and, you know, just make slight gains, um, become, you know, slightly leaner and whatnot. So 87 was was the end goal. I've been weighing in over that each day. Um, I thought it was going to be like a month or six weeks to get there, but there was some sort of re- rebounding effect um, from the fasting where my body was able to be more anabolic, also restoring fat. Like I've, no illusion. I've definitely added some fat 
I still find like I was, you know, I just wanted to get to that weight a lot of times in the past and didn't really care about adding fat and I just couldn't do it. So it's cool that it's happened. And so, you know, I'd like to open that opportunity up to you. Why do we talk so much about fat to free and now about muscle club? If we're a strength community and we love gymnastics and we love weightlifting and we love performance and numbers, why are we talking about body composition? Well, body composition is the foundation. As Rodan said the other day, it's pretty easy to become neurologically adapted to a movement. Like bench pressing, it only takes you a month, a couple of months. You've got a pretty good feel for bench pressing. You're looking for very, very fractional gains in technique. And it's like fractions of a percent that you're actually going to be getting. Or 1% every few months, you know, in neural gains. So it's structural gains that you're going to be going after. So you have to be a body composition specialist to be a performance specialist. To, to optimize an athlete's performance, you have to optimize their body composition for their event. Now, there are outliers on this. There are athletes who are you know, super skillful. They're really, really smart. And they don't have ideal body composition for their, for their position. The thing is, you're not doing that to them. You're not giving them the skills and you're not making them really you know, smart at, at, at their sport. So what you can do is give them the optimal physique, performance, you know, power-to-weight ratio, speed, et cetera, agility, resilience. Like that's the gift that you get to give as the you know, strength coach, performance coach. You can coach them on nutrition as well. With having juggling and you know, some of the spatial awareness stuff, handstands, foot juggling, you are giving them a bigger foundation of skills to be better at their skills. And if you, you know, get in the reading and those sorts of things, then you're giving them a bigger foundation as well for growth mindset and, and all those sorts of things to empower them towards their sport. But realistically, if they're hopeless at their sport, it's unlikely that those things are going to get them there. So give them the things that you can. And if they happen to be gifted already, then happy days. And that athlete's, you know, one that could go out there and change the world. They could be a, a true leader in their sport. Um, so don't write off your component because it's about someone else's doing their job. Like you hear that from strength coaches, like, oh, we just don't have the squad for it. Well, fuck, their numbers aren't that good either. So, you know, maybe they just don't have the strength and power for it. Like maybe it is your fault. Like you won't know until you actually get them to a good level. And if they, if they still lose, then you know, maybe you need more handstands and juggling. Like it's a wicked problem. It's a problem that can't be solved. It's, you know, how do we find that extra little bit? So body composition is, is not a little bit. Body composition is a big bit. Range is a big bit. Skill is a big bit. Um, and then, yeah, for sure, they need to go and get the tactics of their sport. But coaches overestimate team tactics, all right? So I've got my brother on the call here. He might, he might want to disagree with this and open up in a minute. If you put the best players, say the Australian team, you put them under any coach, what's going to happen? If you put the best player in a new team, does he become a dominant player in that other team? Now, barring uh, an extremely toxic situation where everyone hates each other and everyone's drinking and whatever, the star player, if you take him from one team to another team to another team, he's still going to be the star player. And so what is it that makes him a star player? Well, it's obviously not the teamwork. It's what he can do as an individual that is making a difference. Now, once a coach has a group of players, then all they have to all they have is to work on the harmony between those players. Like that's kind of what they focus on. But the best coaches will also say, well, what if every every player was ten percent taller, ten percent better? You know, if if every player was was adding a little bit, you know, to themselves, if they were getting fifty percent better each year, in the compounding effect that we were looking at with the business, 
you're not going to get that 50%, but if you're getting, you know, five, 10% gains, then you're going to end up in a better position. So chasing that, those individual gains across all categories is something that isn't often done well in sports and strength coaches, performance coaches will often underestimate that. If you're tuning out now because you're not into sports, think about it as your gym. If you want to be the best gym in town, then you just got to keep finding that 5% with each member. If you can improve their body composition, improve their skill, like hold yourself accountable to their numbers. I'm pushing you guys for your numbers, for them to be plugged into our website. What about if you did the same for your members in your website and followed our systems? This is a possibility. This is something that we're going to open up. We're looking at a new app developer, which would make that very, very easy. And we can compare numbers across the you know, different uh, members of different gyms or members of different online training. I think great things will happen um, when, we, when we find those synergies. But body composition is a, is a big, big piece. It is a big, big piece. If you take someone who's got a lot of muscle, you plug them into any sport, um, any strength sport, they're going to, you know, getting into strongman, getting into powerlifting, getting into weightlifting, getting into CrossFit. If they've got the foundation of body composition, then they're miles ahead. They're miles ahead. And I, I didn't, you know, I didn't own up to this enough. I didn't own this enough. Um, for myself at different times and probably with athletes as well. But we did end up with a team with better body composition. You know, the other teams would say like, you guys are lean and hard, like, and, and we dominated, you know, that's, that was a comment that came back often from, from other teams. So Charles Pollockman was an expert in body composition. He applied that to strength and he stood before Kings. Like he, he was the most influential guy in the world of strength. He had more Olympic champions, um, than anyone else. He came out of retirement to work with an Olympic athlete. Uh, I think he worked with a few at the last Olympics uh, before he passed away. Uh, and you know, his athlete won and the, the opposition woman said she was too strong. And, you know, the woman who won said she's, she's just got so weak. If you put a man out against a team of women or if you put, you know, not to be sexist, but it's just the way it is. Um, if you put... 15-year-old kids against 21-year-old kids, what's going to happen? You know, the 15-year-old the kids are going to get injured and they're going to lose. So it, in pretty much, you know, every sport, especially in a physical contact sport, so your goal is to have the 21-year-olds and not the 15-year-olds. If you can just graduate your athletes physically 2 to 5% above the opposition, then you have a massive competitive advantage. And obviously you're trying to find that 5% better than the opposition in every, every category. If you can do that in skills, if you can do that in balance, if you can do that in vision, if you can do that in speed, if you can do that in tactics, you know, harmony, set plays, every area, but choose the ones that you can influence and then find that two to 5% advantage in everything. You have to be considerably better than the opposition consistently to, to be pretty sure that you're going to win. Same with your online business. How can you be 5, 10, 50% better than the other services out there? If you look at what Real Moon is offering at the price point and you look at how many people are offering $20,000, $30,000 programs that aren't as good as this for coaches, there's a reason why we've been able to grow without doing any paid advertising. How could you have that advantage? You know, how could you go way further than what's been done before? Trying to find that 2 to 5% is, is the fun of life, right? It's the fun of this journey, you know, your purpose. 70% of your life, ben, ben Patrick said to me the other day, 70% of your life should be work, 30% should be doing other stuff 
so that when you're doing your 70%, you can be focused and enjoy it. 30% of your life should be doing other stuff. Time with family, messing around, making art, making whatever things that aren't right on your purpose. If your purpose is art, then make that 70%. But you know what I mean? Um, that balance stuff is still there. How do we find that extra two to five percent? That's the that's the key. So that's my my three kind of chats for today, and they are all related to each other, I, I guess. Having those numbers, what if you hit that fifty percent every season? Fifty percent. If you're going to be going deep, then your first number is three. If you're going to be going um, for for reach, then your first number is twenty five. And then you go 50%, 50%, 50%, 50% growth per, per season, per three months. Now, if you want to be a super high achiever, you get that every month. You go for that 50% every month. We did have some months like that. We had some months bigger than that. I'd like to track a little bit faster than that 50%. We have been tracking faster than that 50%. Ben's definitely tracking faster than that 50%. I think 50% is a good target. We're going to have some that go faster than that. But even if you're going at 25%, the numbers are still freaking great. If you're going at 10%, any number compounded becomes good. So we went through those numbers. We went through um, courage and conformity, having the courage to stand apart. Very unlikely, very, very unlikely that you're going to get to those high-end numbers in the reach while being a conformist. So there are those who are courageous by their extreme conformity. There are those, you know, research-backed, 100% dogma guys that try to crush anyone who isn't bowing down to what's written in the research, which will never be the truth. It will never be the best of what's available. There are those guys, and they're non-conformists by the fact of being so conformist that they're, they're exceptional. But you're going to have to, have to have the courage to, to be different, to stand apart to get to those bigger numbers. But even as you get to halfway there, you've got a good business. You're making a change in the world. We also talked about, you know, the, the million, million members, the million member challenge, 10 people who go to 10,000 clients over the next four years. Doable. Can I find those 10 people? Can I help those 10 people? Can I grow those 10 people? Can I find an extra 50, hundred percent out of people who might otherwise have only got to 5,000 members or 2,000 members or hundred members on their own? Could that happen with the help of this community, with the help of myself, with the help of Ben, whoever else is going to be involved in this project over the next four years? Could we find those 10 people to go to 10,000? I think we can. Courage and conformity and then muscle club goals, body composition, winning teams. That's the themes for today. So I would love to hear you know, from you what you're getting out of this today and you know, which of those three points would you say is the biggest focus for you right now? Is it that business growth goals, clarity? Is it having the courage to really speak some truth and present a message that is uncommon and that may not be favored by everybody, but we'll have some people that go, fuck yeah, that's me. That's what happens with real movement. A lot of people are like, hell no. But then there's some people that are like, wow, this is what I've been looking for because they're not going to find it anywhere else. There's nothing like it. Or is it, the body composition stuff. Do you really need to get your body composition dialed and be able to get better results with that with other people? One, two, or three. Guys are on the call, gonna jump into discussion about that. 
others, I'd love you to drop me a message when you hear this later on. I'm doing this for my benefit. It helps me get clear on my ideas. I'm also doing it for your benefit. And I'd love to hear what is actually rattling around, what your conclusions are from what we're going through today. So thank you for listening and uh, we'll speak soon.